Welcome to another inspiring message from LifePoint Church, recorded live in Adelaide, Australia. It is our prayer that you would experience the life-changing power and presence of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. Enjoy. Awesome. You can take your seats, church. I'm sharing from Luke chapter 8 and verse 43. The scriptures will be on the screen if you'd like to read along in your Bible as well. Feel free to do that. My message tonight is called Go With The Flow. Go With The Flow. Luke chapter 8 verse 43 says this. A woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her living on physician and could not be healed by any, came behind him and touched the fringe of his cloak. And immediately a flow of blood inside of her stopped. Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes press and jostle against you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, someone did touch me, for I perceive that power has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him and declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason why she had touched him and how she was healed and Immediately, And he said to her, daughter, cheer up. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to ride a camel, um, but I have. And camels have a certain flow about them. All right. So camels, they have a certain way that they get up. There's a certain flow to it. They have really extended long limbs, not like me here tonight, but they have really extended long ne- limbs and knobbly knees right in the, in the center of them. So when they get up, they don't just jump up like a pop-up tent. They've got more of a sort of fold out, fold out chair sort of situation going on. So they're sort of like go up on one knee and then to the side and then get up uh, with their back legs. They've got a flow to the way that they get up. And I had the opportunity to ride a camel. I don't know if anyone in here has, but when I was about eight years old, I think, we went to the Melbourne show. I grew up in Geelong, and so we'd go to the Melbourne show quite regularly. And so I went to the Melbourne show one year, and there was an apparent sheikh there who had this whole bunch of camels, and there was this dusty track that you could ride around on the camels. And, you know, I'm from Persian heritage. My dad's Iranian, and I thought, you know, it's time to get back to my roots riding camels, and so let's go on the camels. So so we decided the whole family would go for some camel rides. And so there was something pretty stingy about these guys. Like they, they probably wanted to save money. And there was a whole big lineup at the Melbourne show to ride on these camels. There's probably like three or four camels there that you could ride on. And so they were trying to get the best for their buck, you know. And so they got us as a whole family. We were watching people. We were watching the flow of the camels as they were getting up, sort of like hobbling up to their feet. And we're watching this flow. And it came to our go. And so we're like, awesome, let's get on the camels. And there was five of us, my mum, my dad, my brother, my sister and I. And they put us on the camel and they actually put all five of us on one camel. Now, there should have been alarm bells ringing for my parents right there, but they didn't think anything of it. They're like, okay, cool. This is what they're doing. They trusted the sheikh, you know, so he got us on the, on the camel and we're all sitting there ready to go. They've got the reins and we're on the camel sitting there ready to go. And so the camel gets into its flow and it's about to go and it starts stepping up with one knee, steps up with the other one. And as it gets up on its back legs, it just goes and fell on the ground and we all fell off the camel 
We didn't get to ride a camel that day. I think my brother and sister, they were too scared. They're like, I don't like camels. We don't like camels. So we ran off. And we never, I never actually got to fully ride a camel. I've sat on a camel, but I haven't ridden one. That camel had a flow and it, that flow didn't go too well for us that day. There's this woman in the Bible. The Bible says she had a flow of blood and that flow wasn't going too well for her. The Bible tells us in Leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 that the life of the body is in its blood and God says, I have given you the blood on the altar to purify you, making you right with the Lord. It is the blood given in exchange for life, which makes purification possible. So in this story, we see a woman with a flow of blood. She's in need of a physical healing. But we also see metaphorically a woman who's having the life sucked out of her, the life drained out of her. We see this picture of the enemy taking streams out of people's lives and pulling life, draining hope, draining life, draining strength out of one of God's children and I believe that the enemy has streams in our lives that he tries to use to steal our strength maybe that stream is disappointment maybe that stream is unforgiveness maybe that stream is sin maybe that stream is bitterness maybe that stream is condemnation in your life I don't know what the streams are in your life but I know that the enemy tries to put streams in every single one of our lives to drain us of hope to drain us of faith to drain us of every Everything that God has for our future and to immobilize us from living the great plans and the purposes of God that he has for our lives. So this woman, we see this flow in her life and this picture for us of a flow that's draining her and draining her of promise, draining her potential, draining her future. But the Bible says that the moment the woman touched the hem of the garment of Jesus, Jesus turns around and he says, who touched me? And the disciples are looking at him. They're like, sometimes Jesus said strange things. So sometimes the disciples would be like, they'd call him out on the strange things that he would say. And he's, then they're like, Jesus, what are you talking about? There's like hundreds or maybe thousands. I don't know. I haven't uh, studied this part. But he said, there's so many people around you. There's a crowd of people pressing around you, so close to you. There's so many people touching you. What are you doing asking who touching, who's touching you? All right, it's Peter, it's Philip, it's James. It's, there's all these people touching you. And Jesus turns to Peter and he says, no, you don't understand. I know that there was a flow that came out of my body. There was a flow of power. There was a flow of life. There was a flow of the supernatural healing of God that came out of me and went into somebody else. I have to find who this person is. I have to find who's the recipient of this flow. So he turns around and, and he finds this woman and she knew that she couldn't be hidden. So she comes up trembling and she's really afraid and she says, yeah, it was me. This was what happened to me. I had this flow that was draining me of life. I had tried to fix it with every other thing. And I knew that if I could just touch the hem of your garment, I knew, Jesus, that you had the power to heal me. And he says, go, woman, your faith has made you well. I want to tell you tonight that there is a flow that Jesus has that wants to replace any other flow in our life that's trying to steal our faith, drain us of strength, drain us of hope. Maybe those streams of negative thoughts, maybe those streams of condemnation. God wants to bring his flow of life into those flows because when his flow comes into our life, when his flow comes into our being, every other flow, every other stream has to stop. There is only one the room for one river and one flow in our lives. I'm open to having the flow of God and not only open open, but I want to reach out in faith and say, God, I want your flow. I want to go with your flow in my life, in my mind, in my heart, in my thoughts. 
Jesus has a new flow for us. She received a new flow. So the woman had a flow. Jesus had a flow. And the Bible says that we have a flow. If you'd like to turn with me to John chapter 7 and verse 37. It'll be on the screens as well. John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. For whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. The Bible says that there's a flow that we can receive in our heart. That's the flow of the Holy Spirit. And out of our innermost being, there would flow rivers of living water. And I was studying um, this scripture um, over the week and and I saw that um, the idea of these rivers and the idea of this flow is not just like a small pond or a small reservoir in our lives so that it just attends to our needs and to you know our sickness and our, uh, our mind, our heart and our needs, but it's actually a gushing river that is supposed to not only supply us but supply the world. God wants to bring rivers, not only inside of us to bring healing, but to bring healing to the world. He wants rivers to flow out of us. He wants rivers of healing, rivers of good works, rivers of the work of the Holy Spirit going forth from our lives, not because of anything that we can do in our own power or our own strength, but because of the rivers that are inside of us. There is a river on the inside of us. God has given us a flow in the Holy Spirit that cannot be contained to do great works everywhere. When I was younger, over in New Zealand, I grew up in New Zealand and we used to go over to our friend's house, my parents' close friends named Ralph and Sue and they had this massive, massive piece of land and they had a, a huge forest on their property. They had horses. I learnt to ride a horse. Uh, it's Shetland ponies actually, as if I could ride a horse. <laughs> let's, let's be realistic. Uh, I couldn't get up on a horse. And so I was on these Shetland ponies and I learnt to ride the Shetland ponies and on their property they had this river right at the bottom of their property. And I remember I used to ask my dad all the time, I'm like, Dad, can we go to Ralph and Sue's house because I want to go in the river. I want to swim in the river. And I would just want to go there, not to ride the Shetland ponies, not to hang out with the kids. I wanted to go there to swim in the river because we had so much fun in the river. And we knew that we could go there and swim in the river anytime that we wanted. We knew that that's where we found the river. It's my prayer that in my life, people would know that they can come to me if they need a river. They could come to me if they need a river of blessing. They could come to me if they need a river of healing. They could come to me if they need provision in their lives because they know that there are rivers that are flowing out of me. It's my prayer that when people walk into this church, they'd know that there's a river in this place. There's a river that contains miracles. There's a river that contains healing. There's a river that contains everything that they need in this place because the Bible says out of our innermost being would flow rivers of living water. Let's be the church with the river. Let's be the church that people come to to swim in the river and to receive from the river of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 4, Paul writes, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. 
You know, I've been so stirred lately over the past month that God's been stirring me up to, to remind me of the fact that the, the gospel was never meant to just be preached with wise and persuasive words. We're not just supposed to be preaching to people's intellect. We're also supposed to be demonstrating the Spirit's power. And so it was never meant to be one without the other. I pray that we would be a church and we would be people who would preach the gospel to our friends. We would invite people to the Christmas service because we want people to come and receive, come and see the demonstration of the Spirit's power, come and realize that there is a river in this place where they can receive healing and they can receive everything that they need because Jesus is in this place. Our world desperately needs people who don't only just convince people with arguments of why they should believe in God, but who can reach out and say, hey, let me show you the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Can I pray for you? God can actually move in the most simple moments in our lives, and He wants to. You know, the demonstration of the Spirit's power is not only for pastors. It's not only for healing evangelists. It's for every person. It's for every believer. And I believe that God is doing something across the nation, which is raising up Christians to believe that the power that they carry can actually see miracles happen in their world. God wants to stir us up for more, for the demonstration of the Spirit's power as we preach the gospel around and about us. You know, God's Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go and be my witnesses. He doesn't send us without evidence. He doesn't send us without power. He wants us to carry the power of Jesus. The Bible says that this woman with the issue of blood reached out and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She said, if I can just touch his hem, I know that I will be healed. And I don't know about you, but I know a thing or two about hems because I'm quite short, so I have to hem up pretty much every pair of pants that I buy. Any other short people know what I'm talking about. And when I was five years old, my dad gave me a Bernina, old school, old, old Bernina sewing machine for my birthday. And I love this Bernina sewing machine. It was my favourite thing. I wasn't allowed to use it because I was only five years old, but I was allowed to watch him use it and fix clothes. And so I thought that was the best thing ever. And I love this Benina sewing machine. And over the years, you know, I sort of lost interest in it. And I was like, what am I going to do with a sewing machine? I don't really care. And dad said, I'm not going to throw it away because I want to use it. I want to use it in the future. And so every time I go back home to Geelong and I've got different pairs of pants that need hemming, my dad will take up the pants and he'll put a hem in it and I'll save about 20 bucks and I'm thankful for the hem. But you know, I've never really seen anything too powerful in those hems. I've never really seen them as something that could carry healing power. I've never been like, oh, hey, dad, do you need healing today here? Just touch the hem of my new pants and you'll be healed. There's nothing powerful about a hem. And in the same way, there was nothing too special about this hem of the garment of Jesus. There was nothing too special about it. There was nothing too powerful about it in and of itself, except for the fact That in the Old Testament, when they would anoint priests and when they would anoint kings and when they would anoint people, they would pour out a horn of oil over people and over the robe and the oil would drip down right through to the bottom and it would collect in a pool on the hem of the garment of that person. 
And so what this woman was saying, she said, I know that I don't have to physically touch Jesus' skin to be healed. All I have to do is touch something that's carrying his anointing and I know that I can be set free. All I have to do is reach out and touch something that's touching Jesus and carrying his power and carrying his anointing and I know that I will be set free. Do you know what, church? I believe that we can be hems in this place today. People who know it's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's not about anything that I can say. It's not about anything that I can bring into your world. But I do carry the anointing of God. I do carry the river that will flow into your life, the miracles that can flow into your world. I can carry the anointing because I'm touching Jesus and I'm carrying Jesus. And if I could just lay hands on you and if I could just touch you, I know that it will be a point of contact for your miracle. I know that the anointing of God can heal you. Let's be hems that say, hey, it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. There's nothing special about a hem in and of itself. But when it carries the anointing, it carries the power to heal and to stop streams and to bring the flow of life, of the life of God and the power of God into people's worlds. Let's be hems in this place tonight. I want to ask you a simple question tonight. What flow are you going with? What flow are you leaving with tonight? There might be places in your life, things in your heart that have just drained you of strength, have just drained you of, of, of power, have just drained you of faith. There might have been disappointment, a stream of disappointment, a stream of discouragement, a stream of condemnation, not feeling good enough. And, and these streams are draining you. Jesus wants to come and bring his flow of life and his flow of power into that stream tonight. The Bible talks about another flow in John chapter 7 and verse 34. John chapter 19 and verse 34, it says this, One of the soldiers, however, pierced the side with a spear, talking of Jesus' side, pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water flowed out. And this report is from an eyewitness giving an accurate account. He speaks the truth so that you also can believe. These things happened in fulfillment of the scriptures that say, not one of his bones will be broken and they will look on the one that they pierced. Do you know, church, there was a flow that came from the body of Jesus as he hung on the cross. There was a flow of blood and there was a flow of water. And this flow of blood, the Bible says in Leviticus, as we read tonight, that the life of something is in the blood. So as that flow began to flow out of Jesus, that flow of blood began to flow out of him. His life was being poured out. His life was being spilled. His life was being put in the place of ours so that we could receive salvation. We could receive life in all of its fullness, life in all of its abundance. Jesus didn't want us to live with the streams and go with the flow of the enemy any longer. He didn't want to go with the flow that destroys us, that leads to death. He wanted us to go with the flow that leads to life. And so there was a flow of blood that came out of him. The Bible says that out of that flow comes the atonement for our sins. Out of that flow of water comes the sanctification for our soul. You might be in this place tonight and you've never actually responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Saviour. And I want to tell you tonight that that flow that flowed out of Jesus' body that afternoon on that cross, that flow of blood was for you. That sacrifice was for you. He laid down His life for you. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
That means simply that we are not perfect. I know that I'm not perfect. And I'm sure if you were to search your heart, you'd say, hey, I'm definitely not perfect. I know that I'm not perfect. Well, hey, the good news is you don't have to be perfect to come to Jesus. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together to respond to this life, to embrace the salvation, to embrace the sacrifice that he gave and the fullness of life that he has for you. All you have to do is come like this woman with the issue of blood. Come, reach out in faith and say, God, I accept what you have for me. God, I know that you can save me. God, I know that you can heal me. God, I know that you can set me free. I want the fullness of your life to come and flow in my life, dry up every other stream in my life. If you're in this place tonight and you've never responded to the gospel, you've never known what it is to have your sins washed away, and to receive that new and fresh life from Jesus. And I want to tell you tonight that tonight is your opportunity. Today is your day to respond to Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Church, please visit our website, lifepointchurch.com.au. 